What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture podcast, and we got a special guest with us today. He's a legend in his own right. Uh, he's got a podcast called The Roommates Podcast. We got none other than Hafiz with us. How you doing, bro? Doing well, doing well. How you doing today, my guy? I'm doing well, man. This is uh, this is a real treat for me, man. I've been really blessed and inspired by your podcast and all the content that you're producing. And so, yeah, man, it's so dope to have you on Shaping the Culture. Great to be here, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, let's just let's do this to start off. For those who don't know you uh, and don't know uh, much about the Roommates podcast, which I probably doubt if you're tuning in, you probably know a thing or two about the Roommates podcast. Tell us a little bit about uh, you and your podcast and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, my name is Hafiz Balku, and I'm just a guy who likes to read books and share my opinions. You know, I've always said, you know, I'm not a prophet. I'm not somebody who has, you know, great insight. I'm more of a parrot. Mm-hmm. I just listen to those who are way smarter than me and share some of the things that they've told me that yeah. impacted and benefited my life. And so about in 2017, we created The Roommates, and we just wanted to, you know, share some of the conversations we were having about life. Yeah. Uh, faith about women about business about all things that we we're going through and so been doing that for the past five years we now have the opportunity to talk to you know so many different people from all across the world and just be able to share whatever message that's been on my heart so that's what i've been doing for the past couple of years yeah man that's so dope so as a, as a podcaster I've, I've got some questions for you um was did you ever get to a point um in your journey where you wanted to quit or you yeah. felt like, man, because, you know, people kind of don't understand how much work goes into content creation. Um, but with your journey, I mean, you've been at this for five years, half a decade. Um, yeah. What was that journey like for you? Is there a lot of ups and downs? And yeah, what was yeah. that? No, definitely. November 2017, it was 11 months into, into doing the podcast. And I think we started off with averaging about 150 listens per episode. Mm. By November hit, we were like 78, 80. And I talked to one of my co-hosts at the time about what was going on. And my biggest thing is I don't I don't mind slow progression. I really don't. Yeah. I just don't like regression. Like if mm. like regression causes me to like really panic. Yeah. Um, and so talked to one of my co-hosts about it. And he was basically like, you know, the, the honest truth of the matter is you probably just suck. You're probably just not very good. And <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe you're right. And Later on that day, I was watching an interview on The Breakfast Club with Gary V. Yeah. Or Gary V, <laughs> you know, just doing his thing. Yeah. And that really inspired me. And I was like, man, I want to learn more about this guy. And so I looked him up on YouTube. I found out that he had a book for sale on Amazon called Crush It. Mm. I read the book Crush It. That book put a, a, a battery, a, a fire underneath me like none other. Yeah. And on that day, I was obsessed with innovation Mm. And, and, and improving yeah and and then literally i made so many changes to the podcast from just literally that book alone wow and um started really taking it more seriously and that was a a huge changing point in my life yeah man that's so awesome i love what you said about um you know taking the information that you receive from gary v and putting that into practice and you know pivoting i think a lot of the times like uh, we're so quick to quit when all we have to do is just pivot, you know, just change the game plan, change the methods. And uh, yeah, that's so dope. Um, I, I did want to ask you um, for those who are creating content and who have a podcast that are there, 
where you were in November of that first year that you started the podcast, uh, what would be your encouragement to them that, you know, what, what would no, you say to them? To it's funny. Going? My advice is always don't start a podcast. <laughs> I, uh, no, I know people say it like sarcastic. No, I, I genuinely mean that. Yeah. And, and here's why I say it. Like, Here, so yeah. why did you start your podcast? For me personally? Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, um, I'm Ethiopian and uh, growing up in the Ethiopian church, um, I just learned a lot of things that were unhelpful. It was more culture than it was Bible. And when I got into college, I started learning about uh, what the scriptures were actually teaching. And I was like, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. Like this, this is problematic. And so I wanted to start a podcast um, in light of that, just talking about um, what the Bible truly says and, 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 and the culture that we want to build, the culture that we want to be a part of being shaped by the word of God and not anything else. And so it was a passion project more than anything. It was just getting yeah. engaged on that would help us understand what the Bible teaches us so that we can be informed by the scriptures and not culture. First. 100%. So that's how most people who start podcasts started. They have a message. Yeah. And they want to share the message to the masses, whether the message is, you know, theology, whether the message is philosophy, um, sociology, whatever it is, have a message they want to share it to the masses. Yeah. And so to me, uh, podcasting is not the best medium mm. to share that message to the masses. And here's why I say that. Yeah. How long are your podcasts usually? Uh, anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour. And that's, and that's usually what most people go when they, when they initially starting off. Yeah. And the challenge is if I'm somebody who people don't know and I want to share a very important message, what you don't want to do is you don't want to say, hey, give me an hour so I can tell you something. Mm, yeah. Give me 45 minutes so I can tell you something. When people don't know who you are, yeah. they're not going to give you 45, not going to give you an hour. They may give you four minutes. They may give you five minutes. They may give you seven minutes. So to me, a lot of people, if you if you really know podcasters, a lot of people who do podcasts who are not in the interview style of podcast, their people already have an audience. Yeah, their people like a Charlemagne or like a Joe Budden or like a Joe Rogan, who people already like what you have to say from other things. So they already have buy-in from you. Yeah, and so that makes it easier for them to watch longer form content. But if you're just starting off mm. and nobody knows who you are. It's very difficult to ask them to spend 45 minutes to an hour to listen to you talk. Yeah. And so I would I always advise people, I said, you know, if you if your goal is to get the message out, you can still, you know, uh, record videos or record audio and put it out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, things along those lines. But they don't have to be an hour. Right. And so I actually believe if I was to do things again, mm. I would have started shorter and worked my way up. Mm. I would have started with like 10 minute videos and then they like 10, give them 20 and 20, 30 and 30. But now you want a full podcast. I would have worked my way up. Yeah. And so, but if you're somebody who just loves podcasting, cause, cause that's why I ask you that mm. some people just love podcasting. Yeah. They love two hour conversations. They love interviewing people. So if that's yeah. what you love, yeah. then yeah, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah, you have to remember that you know every every uh, every Hall of Famer was once a rookie, and every rookie can eventually be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And so, if you're somebody who genuinely loves podcasting, my advice to you is what Patrick Bet David says all the time: you have to be able to out strategize, yeah. out innovate, yeah. outlast, and out improve your competition. Mm. Sorry, outwork your competition, outwork, out innovate, out strategize, outlast. 
if you're able to do those five of uh, those uh, those four things and you're consistent uh, mm-hmm. in regards to the longevity, you will have a type of success. Results will vary. Because I think it's very important to, to say results may vary. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you will find a type of success if you are truly out working, out lasting, out innovating and out um, strategizing the competition. But like I said, yeah, if you're an individual who's doing a podcast and 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 you're realizing that, hey, it's hard to get people to listen to me talk for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. My advice to you is why don't you put out shorter form content and that'll be more digestible to the audience you're trying to reach. Yeah, man, I love it. That's so good, man. That's great insight, great wisdom. Thanks for sharing that. No um, let, like let's let's uh shift gears a little bit. I uh man, I love what you're doing on your channel and on your podcast. And recently, I came across your interview with Ruslan, and man, that that really got my mind turning in a lot of different ways. And I and I kind of wanted to engage in conversation with you about kind of what's going on in our era and in our generation right now. Um, over this summer, I had some friends visit from out of town and they're like, hey, have you heard of this guy named Kevin Samuels? I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And they started showing me his videos and immediately all the men were like, yeah, this makes sense to us. And then all the women were like, no, this is, this is not good. This is not helpful in any way. And so we started having conversations with um, just friends in the Christian community and uh, I just kind of realized we were split on a lot of the ways we thought about this. And so this summer, I began to kind of research and do more thinking and uh, more listening around this topic. But for those who are just now being introduced to this conversation, this red pill conversation, manosphere, all of that, um, can you, in your own words, I'd love to hear from you uh, what you think about uh, this conversation, maybe how you were introduced to it and how you would understand it all. Yeah. And so similar to what I told Ruslan, the, the biggest problem in the 21st century is postmodernism and what it does to language. And what postmodernism does to language is it breaks it down to where words that mean one thing to one person mean something completely different to somebody else. Yeah. Right. So yeah. easy, easy word abortion. Right. Mm. If you're a Christian person, you think about abortion, you think about ending life. Mm. If you're a secular, abortion is ending fetus. Mm. one word two completely different definitions two completely different connotations and so in regards to red pill manosphere it's it's a word that if i was to use it and define it yeah it's other people will define it differently yeah so i i only define it based upon the mm. people who i know yeah. who are like leaders in the movement and what they've communicated it is right right so i think the fundamental thing when it comes to red pill manosphere stuff is it's based upon a concept of discovering the harsh truth about female nature mm. that's really what it's about this is the harsh truth of the nature of females or women if that word females offend you mm. and so i i was introduced it introduced to it i mean from a very young age in regards to um just the internet yeah. I mean, if you're a young guy and you grew up on the Internet and you grew up on YouTube or you grew up looking up content, you you probably heard about mystery. Mm-hmm. You probably heard about the pickup artist community back in the early 2000s. So you probably saw the different message boards about guys sharing their struggles, because the thing about when, when women share their struggles, it's usually public, the view, the real, you know, it was public um, things. But usually time, there's not there's not a lot of space for men right. to share their struggles. So they usually go to the crevices of the Internet. 
Yeah. And so um, so I've, I've been following that um, the content for quite a long period of time. Yeah. And, and to me, what I what I saw is was there was guys who were struggling from a lack of information. Mm. Um, there was things that men were struggling with and there were things that were wrongly taught. Mm. A lot of things were wrongly taught to men and to women. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of this content was attempting to mm-hmm. teach a lot of these untruths that men believe. And some of them were, were correct. But like any pr- individual's teaching, there's things they're going to be saying that are good yeah. and everything, things going to be saying that are bad. And also when your movement or when your beliefs is a response, it tends to be an overcorrection, mm-hmm. right? So if it's like you look at like, okay, uh, typical Protestant theology yeah. Um, might be liberal and you have like this reform movement of the late 21st century. Now, now you have this shift, but then what happens is now it was extreme versions of, yeah. of ideas and principles. It's always, that's how uh, Matt Chandler said it. We're a society is always these pendulum shifts. Yeah. And so unfortunately, a lot of the content that's being taught about the truth of female nature are taught by divorced men or single guys. Mm. And no disrespect to anybody. I'm just letting you know that's who's usually teaching it. Yeah. Um, There's obviously a select few individuals who are married who teach it as well or in relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that was my introduction to it. And, 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 you know, and so it's just been something I've been aware of for quite a long time. Yeah. That's so good. Um, how should Christians engage with that content? How have you navigated through that content? Because on one end, Hafiz, like, I understand why men are gravitating towards this content. Um, in the church, we don't have, as men, a lot of outlets for us to talk about weaknesses, talk about struggles, uh, work through. I mean, you know, when a, when a girl breaks up with, with her, her boyfriend, she's got a whole community she can run to and process and cry with. When, when men break up with their girlfriends, they kind of deal with that alone. They kind of deal with that struggle alone. And so in a lot of ways, we don't have outlets and platforms where we can kind of dialogue. Unfortunately, you see that also in the church, which I want to kind of get into a little bit later on. But um, how should we engage that? Because it's so easy for us to look at this content and just buy in all together because it affirms yeah. a lot of what we feel. It affirms a lot of the way we think. It affirms a lot of our experiences. Um, but we've got we've to walk into this with caution and navigate rightly. So, yeah, what was that like for you? And Yeah, I think me? it's a simple principle that Pastor Mark Driscoll says. And this is this it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't have the common sense to understand these things in life. First and foremost, every like every single thing, if, if you believe everything somebody says, you mm. are a puppet. You're a puppet. Yeah. Or you're a clone mm. or you're a robot. There's, there's no human being on this planet that you should believe every single thing they say, because no human being is God. No human being is perfect. Right. So they're going to say things that are wrong. I probably said things that were wrong. Yeah. I mean, I know I've said things that were wrong. Yeah, yeah. So you can't believe every single idea that comes out of someone's mouth. So you as an individual needs to need to have the ability of critical thinking. Yeah. Critical thinking of being able to listen to information, analyze it, accept what's true and reject what's bad, right? Chew the meat, spit out the bones. So with Christians, it's always there's this principle that Pastor Mark Driscoll talked about called reject, redeem, and receive, right? Yeah. So you get information, you can do one of two things. You can reject and receive and redeem it. What does that mean? So reject, for example, 
okay, somebody tells you uh, your goal is to have sex with 100 women before you settle down. Yeah. Look, you look in the Bible, that <laughs> sexual morality, common sense, I, I reject it. Yeah. I yeah. reject it. That idea is, is, is against God's will. Yeah. I reject it. Then there's other thing. There's another message that says before you commit to a woman, really investigate to see if she's serious about you. Receive. That seems like very good wisdom. That seems like something where you know, even all throughout Scripture, you know, when 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 people were married, that's one of the biggest points about marrying within cultures was that you want someone who actually not only values you but values the thing that you value. So yeah. that's I could receive that. Yeah. And then there's a the second part is redeem. And mm -hmm. redeeming is a bit complicated because redeeming is taking an idea that may be good in principle, but yeah. then making it Christ-like, right? Yeah. So for example, the typical one everybody knows is the high value term, right? Yeah. And so high value, if, if you're using the definition, depending on what definition you use, it means someone's highly valuable to the opposite gender. Right. Mm -hmm. And so an uh, individual can say, I want to be high value and I want to be that person. But then all you focus on is getting money. All yeah. you focus on is exterior things. All you focus on is gaining material success. Right. Yeah. That'll make you high value in the eyes of the world, but yeah. you can redeem high value. And like one of the ways that my friend Chris redeemed high value was high value is also being a man of character. Mm. Mm. Everyone else definition, high character has nothing to do with being high value. Yeah. Kim Jong-un, in all honesty, is a high value male in North Korea. Yeah. He's not a high character guy. Mm. Um, and so he now adds high character to this definition. I want to be someone who obviously is respected, highly desirable, but also a person of high character. That's what high value means to him. So you can redeem a word like that. Yeah. And so to me, whenever people are receiving or analyzing any information you have to critically do one of those two three things you have to be able to receive it to yeah. be able to reject it or to be able to redeem it yeah i love it so good um speaking on that you know when we're we're thinking about this idea of rejecting um you know i've just got some thoughts i want to run by with you in light of this um you know i, I think about how um you know when you engage with some of this content a lot of the times um, the fault gets put on the modern woman, right? And the reason why men now have to be high value men is because the standards have been raised with modern women. And on one end, um, it's, it, it, I, I struggle with it because I feel like we fought so hard to get here for women to have these opportunities, for women to have these jobs, for women to have these rights, you know? And it almost sounds like um, you know, man, we're, we're kind of putting the, the blame on the women for men needing to step their, their game up when, you know, we should ultimately even be fighting for more rights for women and more opportunities for women and pay and all of that good stuff. And so, um, how do we, how do we engage with that? Like, how do we, is that something we reject? Is that something we yeah. redeem? like, you no, know, it's, it's a great conversation. And so it's a great conversation and I'm explaining to you like this. Yeah. Generally, generally speaking, most female animals are, you know, um, most female animals are hierarchical in their mating. And what that means is most female animals, if they want to mate, they want to mate with the best possible individual. Right. So I was looking up some um, some data for about the um, deers and what they found in the majority of female deers, they want the guys with the biggest antlers. Yeah. Right. So most female animals are very 
hierarchical in their mating. They, they, they want the best. Human females um, are very, um, what, they, what they consider are hypergamous, hyper, um, I'm sorry, that's the word, hypergamous, generally, generally speaking. And what that means, and you can ask women this, they generally want somebody equal to or greater than them. Hmm. And the easiest way of understanding this is height. All right. So let's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to bring this full circle so you can understand this. All right. Yeah. So women generally want somebody equal to or greater than them height wise. If yeah. she's five, if you ask a girl, give a height requirement. Most women will say, as long as he's taller than me, is that, is that safe to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. So, so right. They have this height requirement. All right. So taller, as taller than me, or I mean, my height or greater. So let's say all of a sudden society has a thing where they start feeding women certain food. And now women, the average height of a woman went from five foot four to five foot 10. Mm. All right. Mm. Average height of a woman is five, four right now. Average height of a male is five, nine. So let's say the society fed women some stuff. And now the average height is now five foot 10. Yeah. Now all the women are like, we, we now want guys who are our height or taller. Yeah. Now the problem is all the guys who 50 years ago, before they fed women all this food, who were, who were five foot nine, they could easily find the girl because they were taller than the average girl. Right. Now that you fed women this food, now women are five foot 10 and they only want guys who are taller than them, right? right? Right. Now what ends up happening is they disregard the guys who are five foot nine. Yeah, yeah. Where, so how does it relate to what, I, what you asked me? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with women improving in the workplace, yeah. women having equal rights. All of that is beautiful. All that is great. All that is amazing. There's nothing wrong with those things. Right. But what happens is if women are, imp- if women improve, right, and women have reached a certain level, the challenge now becomes, especially when it comes to financially, it's harder for them, not impossible, it's harder for them to date guys who make less than them or, or in a lower social status as them. Yeah. Okay. And so in all honesty, that may or may not be, that may or may not matter. Yeah. Right. And so that's one of the things that we've seen in society is that it's the, the mod, the world of the past, um, Going back to industry, factory, farming, the world of the past, that economy benefited men. Yeah. A lot of this modern economy also benefits women, yeah. right? And yeah. so it's let women thrive, let women, let women flourish. But now what begins to happen is that as women begin to achieve more and more financial success, one of the fundamental challenges is that they don't want men who years in the past were perfectly suitable candidates and nothing changed besides she made more. Mm, mm. And so that I think that is other things I could talk about as well. But that is an example of where social, social where societal advancements have a negative impact on men. Mm. So the answer to so your answer is typical women will say, well, men need to get better. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. Men do need to get better. Right. But yeah. then there is like a reasonable level of growth. Right. So, for example, a reasonable level of growth is that, you know, if, if a guy is making 
$45,000 a year. A reasonable level of growth is, hey, you know what? Within the next five years, make it 55. Mm -hmm. A reasonable level of growth is in that next five years, make it to 150, yeah. right? And yeah. so I think one of the fundamental challenges is that when on top of women excelling, you had, you had a lot of men regressing. Mm, you had yeah. a lot of men regressing from society, from um, lack of male influences, from single motherhood. So yeah. you had these males regressing as well. So I think that's where a lot of the men become frustrated. And then the last part about the hypergamous mentality is that um, and, and this is all really complicated. And so forgive me if I'm, if I'm a little bit everywhere with this, but one of the last, last parts that make it a bit challenging is that going back to the point, you hear this in the Christian world all the time. Yeah. Women want somebody who is equally yoked. Have you heard that before? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so in your opinion, what did, when, when a woman says, I want somebody equally yoked in your honest opinion, what does that mean? Yeah, for the longest, it was just spiritually on the same level. But now it's emotionally, physically, educationally. I love it. I love it. So let's 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 stay right there. Yeah. So for the I should have started with this one, but I, I went on a rabbit trail. Forgive me. Yeah. But let's I love it. Before, traditionally speaking, equally yoked simply meant believer, believer. Yeah. That's what it meant. Yeah. Nowadays, it means make the same amount of money as I make, look similar to me you know, emotional maturity to me. So here's what happens. You evaluate yourself on a score, on a scale of, uh, let's say, give your, people hate the number system, let's do letters. A, B, C, D, F, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you're like, I'm an A person, equally yoked means I need another A person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The problem is now, if everybody views that they're A kind of people, now all of a sudden, they will look down upon the people who are B's and C's because they're not equally yoked to them. Yeah. So I think, like I said, there's nothing wrong with women improving and advancing, but the, the desires of women today, and this is a small part of the issue. I don't want to make this the biggest part of the issue. I'm just talking about a small part. But one of the, one of the parts that men are expressing their struggles are with is the desires of women today is astronomically greater than the desires of the women of the past. And, and for a lot of young adult males, a women's desires do not meet. The average woman's desires, in their opinion, do not meet the average man's um, abilities. And so those are some of the nuances to why things are the way they are. I hope, hope I explain it as clear as possible. Yeah, no, that was good. I love it. And something I love about what you're doing on your channel and what you're doing on your podcast is uh, you're calling men to step up, like your shirt says, leveling up, you know, on all those platforms, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this is, this is the heart of kind of what I wanted to talk to you about is, um, why do you think um, men are stagnant? I, I did a podcast episode two, three years ago. In fact, the way I found out about you was um, I did an episode called Men Are Trash, and it kind of went crazy. Um, and it was a question mark. I was asking, are we, you know, and it was me and my friends that were kind of fed up with, man, I just feel like we just get bashed all the time or men get bashed all the time. And we didn't feel like it was productive. 
And around that time, Devon Franklin had just dropped his book on men and you guys did a podcast episode with him. So I had a lot of people hit me up and they're like, you guys should check out this conversation. And then that led me on a rabbit trail listening to your guys' stuff. But um, I bring that up because in that episode, a really good friend of mine said something that has really stuck with me. And he said, a lot of the times men aren't raised, they just grow up. Boys aren't raised, they just, they just grow up. Meaning, you know, I don't know the, the context I come from. I come from an Ethiopian context. Uh, you know, we weren't shown the ropes. Like I, I wasn't taught on nutrition. I wasn't taught, you know, I never went to the gym with my parents. I never got taught how to use weights. Uh, I was never taught on how to balance a checkbook or budget. I wasn't taught on all of these things. Right. And all of a sudden we have like all these expectations or what have you. And so I kind of wanted to ask you, um, what do you think is the underlying issue with maybe why men aren't leveling up or why men aren't stepping up and what, what can we do about it? I definitely want to get into the church and how they, it's contributed as well, but I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Man, there's so many layers to this one. And I want to say about the, the red pill conversation and about um, some of the um, ideas expressed previously, like I said, those are just tip of the iceberg yeah. um, conversation points. And I can just go in for days. I can elaborate things a little bit better. So I hope nobody misconstrued anything I was talking about, about diminishing women. That wasn't what I was saying. I was just simply expressing, you know, what men have communicated to me is there things they're, they're, they're dealing with. But to answer your question, I've, I said it a couple of years ago. This is just my personal opinion. I think women are like arrows and men are like horses. Hmm. What I mean by that is you take a, you take a, a arrow and you allow a master craftsman or a master archer to shoot the arrow, it's generally speaking going to hit its mark. Yeah. Let the, you just, all you got to do is wind it up and let it go. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if, if I literally, like I said, if I set up a bow and I, it was perfectly, I just said, you know what? Pull it back. Let it go. A mass, a mass archer, just pull it back. Let it go. So a lot of women, they don't need much. If you ever taught women, especially young, younger girls, they don't need much. You pretty much let them, you know, do their thing. They're pretty they're going to be pretty well behaved. They're going to be pretty good socially. There's they don't need much to be able to especially excel in this modern world and the mm. world of the of old is different and it's modern world. They don't need much. Yeah. Um, and so the challenge is that men are like stallions and stallions. You let them go. They'll just be wild. You know what I mean? They'll be sleeping with all the, the other horses. They'll just, they'll be just like running wild. Yeah. yeah. And so stallions, stallions have to be civilized. You know what I mean? Mm. Stallions have to be kind of structured. Um, to be able to function in, the, in, in their best way possible, not to diminish their power, but to structure and put order to their power. Yeah. And so the, the thing that, that also exists in the modern world is like there are no structures in which men are raised through. Mm. There's no manhood rituals. A lot of guys are raised by their fathers. There's no more military. Just back in the day, almost every male in villages and tribes were part of the military. So there's no structure and system where men are raised through. Yeah. Like I said, and for generally speaking, for women, they don't really need that kind of stuff. Guys do. Guys do. Yeah. Um, and so though those are some of the, 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 the differences, as well as when you talk about the single mother, the, the, the single motherhood um, dilemma, um, single motherhood disproportionately affects males and females. Yeah. And so those are the two major things. And, and that's why you see a lot of men falling behind. 
because the structures of the past are just are just no longer there. Right, right. It's real. So what do we do about that? How do you how do you engage men in light of that? Like, how do we, you know, change the conversation? How do we help men um, rise to the occasion and overcome a lot of these obstacles that, that, that they find themselves in? Yeah, the first thing that needs to happen is that guys got to have tools to succeed. I like 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 you can only. I remember somebody, a guy once told me, he said, "You can only build. You can only build the house that you can with the tools that you have." Yeah. So, for example, if I told somebody, "Build me a strong house," I gave him a shovel and sand. He can only build a certain type of house. Yeah. I tell tell someone, "Build me a strong house." I give him bricks. And so I mean, not bricks, I'm mean, sticks and glue and mud. You can only build a certain house. Yeah. Another guy give him a bricks construction crew and an architect, he can build a pretty great house. Yeah. So the very first thing is that we as a society have to ask ourselves, are we giving men all the tools necessary to be successful? Yeah. And a lot of times we're not. Yeah. And so that's why going back to some of the conversation, like yeah. when, when you're talking about we women need more rights. Women need more. Women, they like like everybody, no one can ever have too many good, good God-given rights, right? Yeah. But people act as if it's women are doing well and men are doing well. Mm. Then, like, let me give you a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. In the 1950s, um, colleges had a problem. And the problem that colleges had, Atlantic did an article about this, and the problem that colleges had was they were disproportionately male. It was 58% males and 42% women. So colleges said, we need to make it make our schools equal for women, give women opportunities to succeed. So therefore, we want to do initiatives. We want to do different things to proactively help women be able to come into our universities. Yeah. So colleges were very aggressive, assertive into making sure that women can now go to university. Right. Now the average college, anywhere between 57 to 58% female to 42 to 43 percent male mm, mm. so what are we doing now yeah because in the 50s when it was majority males you said yeah. that was a problem i need to pour resources into women yeah but now what is majority women is not a problem anymore that you, yeah. you know where you don't have to pour resources into males yeah so yeah. as a society you have to ask yourself okay where are the problems mm. where are the problem points where are the issues going on yeah. And so if you're seeing that it's like being a teacher, if I have two students yeah. in my classroom, yeah. one is always getting a 90s on his test. Another guy is always getting 70s on his test. And you're like, well, the one who, who who's, you know, getting a 90, you need to work with him more so you can get a 99 or even 100 on his test. Yeah. No. <laughs> while I could while he could definitely benefit from extra tutoring to go from 90 to 100. Yeah. This other guy pro- probably needs my time more to go from a 70 to an 80 or from a 70 to a 90, right? Yeah. So that they're on equal levels. Right. And so to me, I look at it like, okay, if we're trying to build up society, you have to ask who's behind. Right, right. Back in the days, we were building women up because women were behind. Mm. Women were behind. That's why we're building, oh, society's not fair, women are behind. Most people, especially black women, believe that women aren't behind anymore. Yeah. So if women aren't behind, why are we putting all the resources into the guys who are behind? Mm-hmm. If this was simply about helping those who are behind, if the men are behind, why are we putting resources into them? Yeah. And so to me, I think that's one of the biggest things, man. We have to be serious about yeah. helping men understand there's differences in developing men. 
Yeah. Taking away recess is good for girls. They have more time to sit down, read, and maybe, you know, do stuff inside, like play house. But mm. for the boys, it hurts them. Mm. Schools are removing recess and not all around the country. Yeah. That's hurting but males' development. Mm. Yeah. And so, like I said, it's tools and resources needed for men to succeed. And but for a lot of but in, in, in today's society, there's just there's no money in that. There's no there's no advocate um advocacy about it. There's none of that stuff for it. Yeah. Back in the day, oh, women are behind. Oh, it's cool. Let's march. Let's do that. Like, there's no marches for no guys struggling or failing or dropping out of school. Like, there's none of that stuff. It's not sexy. Yeah. Also, this lack of monetary gain from it as well. Yeah. Let me ask. Like, I feel like that's some of that stuff also seeps into the church a little bit where uh, a lot of the response is, man, you just need to man up. You know, you need to figure it up. You need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get it together. But like you said, we're not given tools on how to man up. We're not given tools on and a lot of the conversations I have with my friends. Like, what does it even mean to be a man? Like what, when people say man up, what is that? <laughs> what does that yeah. mean? You know? And so how do we get the conversation changing so that when we engage men and we give them tools and help them out, they understand what is required of them and they have the help and the assistance that they need to live in their God-given, um, purpose or what have you like what what is that what does that look like yeah so for me you know that's one of the things that you know we've been doing at the roommates one of the things that i've been doing for the past couple of years most people know i started off as a teacher mm-hmm. i taught uh preschool i did after school elementary school i taught middle school and i taught high school and i mentored people in college so i have a lot of young men who i've been following for a long period of time and you know i think maybe only one of my preschool kids I still know of mm. um, because I know of his father, but mm. almost everybody I've seen kind of their growth and their maturation and their process. So I have a lot of background when it comes to these things. And so guys need a plan, mm. step by step plan, manhood rituals, structure, order, A to B to C to D. Guys need that. And that's why I created you know, my 10 steps, healthy manhood. I created that because I want to give guys tangible steps. Yeah. Step one, yeah. make your bed. <laughs> Start there. Yeah. yeah. Step two, heal from past wounds. Mm. And I share how to do that. Step yeah. three, find your purpose. Step four, find like-minded community. And so there's, there's these tangible steps that yeah. you give to men to be able to help them succeed. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the biggest things. Like I said, we have to be able to give them tangible step-by-step things that every single man can do in their daily lives today to be able to succeed. I love that. That's so good. In your assessment, why do you think that isn't happening? Why do you think, you know, in light of what you were saying, well, on one end, we're not helping those that need help, like men that need help. On the other hand, you, you know, you just kind of describe, man, we, we got to step by step, help them accomplish their goals, accomplish their God-given purposes. Uh, why isn't that happening? In fact, in, in my experience, a lot of the times men are, are um, they're just criticized, you know, they're, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Like growing up, we we're taught men don't have emotions. And so we can just say whatever to them, you know, men aren't allowed to process their emotions, they're not allowed to respond with emotion. It's, you got two emotions. It's, you know, anger or happiness. That's like all you got. And so uh, why do you think we're not engaging and we're not helping them step by step? What do you think is 
it's it's a on. multifaceted thing, and I don't want to ever give and everything I'm giving is just my opinion, and it's multi it is multi-dimensional um um answers to the all these simply apparently simple questions. I think it really starts with lot we just don't care. Mm. I'm gonna be honest with you, people just don't mm. care. Mm. Like it's not like it's like I said, like it's it's funny where you see how different organ different groups of people can like what it takes for people to be upset or rally around them. Mm, mm. Like, let's do something that's really easy. Like the gay community, mm. people care about them. Mm. If, if, if things are going wrong with the gay community, you better believe they're yeah. going to make some noise. Yeah. You better believe things are going to be changed. Yeah. Yeah. Black community. It takes people don't care as much. It takes a lot. It's a lot of people dying. Mm. Maybe we sort of care. Yeah. White women. You let a lot, you let a white girl go missing. Oh, people care. Yeah. People will care. Yeah. People will. There'll be a whole John Benet Ramsey that people will stop the world <laughs> to look for these little girls. Yeah. yeah. And so I just truly believe like, like people just don't care about men. Like it's just men. Cause the problem, when you think about men, like you said, a typical thing you think about is man up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have it together. It's your fault. Yeah. yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Pull yourself up. Get up. Stop crying. Stop whining. Yeah, there's, there's no empathy. Yeah. A woman, nobody looks at a woman crying on the street and tell her, get up and pull yourself up. Mm. Look at her like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Yeah. Why you what's what happened? Yeah, there's a guy crying on the street. Like, why this little punk behind boy, a little crying little baby? <laughs> oh, exciting, like dude, get up. Yeah, yeah. So empathy, man. There's not a lot of empathy for men. Yeah. Without yeah. empathy, people aren't moved to action. Mm. You know, you look at all throughout the scriptures, you see Jesus had compassion on the crowds. Yeah. Action yeah. was least action. Yeah. When people honestly they don't care. Yeah. They really don't care. Yeah. So that's one of the problems is just, you know, men have been, men have been part of the war machine from the beginning of time. Men have been disposable. And, and we just been conditioned to not care. And yeah. so when they're falling behind, like, who's going to talk about them? No yeah. one. Yeah, let me let me throw this question out your way in, in response to what you just said. What what about for those who think to themselves, well, men are responsible for a lot of the hurt and damage that we see in the world? That, that's that's bad. That's bad um, theology. That's mm. bad. First, it's bad theology as a Christian. Mm, mm. Um, second, second, it's also bad. It's 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 a a misunderstanding of nature mm. because when you say men are responsible, it's not all guys were evil. See, the narrative is that every guy back in the day was beating his wife, raping the villages. No, yeah. but you had some men who did majority of bad. Mm. Mm. And yeah. so it was. And so what happens is, think about it. It's if you're if you're demonizing an entire gender, whether it's male or female, that's wrong. Mm, mm, yeah men were men men were like let me give you an example yeah um i think there was these this these rams yeah or the are these ram type animals where their mating ritual their mating ritual is they have to like headbutt each other mm. and whoever headbutts the other person and and cause the other person to submit that's who the women go to yeah yeah so the females of the species won't mate with you unless you beat up other males. Mm, wow. The, the, the male violence is incentivized. Yeah. Yeah. 
and unfortunately in society, mm. it, we live in a violent world. Let's not just talk about humans, let's talk about animals. Whether you believe in dinosaurs or whatever, they were large predators who wanted to kill humans. Yeah. Lions. Yeah. Snakes. Yeah. Who was going to fight them? Who needed to be tough? Who Think about it. Who needed to be the one to be tough and to be aggressive and to go kill the lion that was that was killing everybody in the plains? Yeah. Who yeah. was the one that was going to go and, 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 and kill the tigers? Yeah. Who's going to be the one that's going to go and fight off the, the woolly mammoths that were that were tearing down the villages? Who was going to do that? The men. Men were. Yeah, yeah. So men had to do that. They had to be tough. They had to be strong. They had to be aggressive. They had to be violent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you ask them to be tough, to be strong, to be aggressive, to be violent, just to civilize the world. Mm. Who's mm. having to lift all the heavy boulders? Mm. Who's having who's having to build the pyramids? Mm. Who's who, like you? You ask them to be a certain animal mm. yeah. for us to thrive. Yeah. But then they, now you're mad the animal when it wants to bite you. Mm. We created it. Yeah. We we needed it. Yeah. Trust me. Human civilization, if men weren't the, the dominant, strong, aggressive animals they were, we wouldn't have survived. Mm. Yeah. We yeah. needed the strength. Yeah. And like all things, your strength can also be your weaknesses. Yeah. So while you have men who use their strength to build up societies, there was unfortunately men who use their strength to tear it down. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, man. And so to me, it's like, I understand why, like, like when people talk about, oh, my, my dad wasn't there. I know a lot of generation, like, um, ex guys, like my dad wasn't there. I'm like, your dad was in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Your granddaddy was in world war two. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to be, emo it's, I'm not trying to pick on women. I'm just saying it's kind of hard to be emotionally available after seeing your friends get their face blown off in war for all these years. Mm, yeah yeah why aren't you opening up yeah. well i just saw my brother die that's yeah. why i'm not opening up i have I'm, I'm hurting yeah yeah so we made men these warriors we made men part of this war machine and then we're mad that they go back and they're a little bit a little bit aggressive mm, mm. so when people say it's men's fault i'm like no it's 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 society's fault it's all of our faults we needed it we needed the monster yeah we needed Bro. them what, why, why do you think we didn't address that? Why, why do you think like we didn't see it for the nuance that it is and we just demonize men altogether? You know, does it, do you think it comes back to us just not caring about men? Um, yeah. Okay. It's just, it's just like I said, it's a lot of stories are simplistic. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite stories are complicated villains. Mm -hmm. Like, all due, in all due respect, like Dragon Ball Z's. Like some of the villains are very simplistic. Mm. Like Freeze, I want to destroy the world. <laughs> Why? Very simple. Yeah. I, I love Naruto. The, yeah. the, the villains are complex. Mm. Pain, complex. Mm. Uh, Itachi, complex. Yeah. You know, very first ones with um, Zabuza, complex. Yeah. Yeah. Things are complex. Yeah. So a lot of times in society, we have these simple narratives, mm. what I call them, these simple narratives about men, yeah. simple narratives about the world. And it, and it works. We don't want to think. We don't want to use all that brain power to rationalize and think. Yeah. So we accept these simple narratives. Yeah. yeah. So, so men are bad. Oh, yeah, men are bad. That's true. My, my dad hit my mom. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Men are bad. 
not realizing your dad hit your mom because your dad's father used to beat him. Mm. Your dad's father used to beat him because your dad's father got displaced in the in, in, displaced from his job, and he felt less at the end of a man. So you, so instead of having tools to cope with his emotional trauma, he went to alcohol and became mm. an alcoholic. Yeah, and so he was just mad, and he beat everybody. Mm, 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 yeah. So we don't, we don't do, like I said, nobody, there's, there's no humanization of the villain. Yeah. Yeah. He's demon. It's just a demon. Yeah. That's real. So, so that's, so, so that, that, that's one of the biggest reasons why we don't, we don't see the multifaceted reasons to why men are the way they are. Yeah. Where, where do you, you know, predominant, like my, the, the listeners that tune in to shaping the culture by and large are Christian. And so how does the gospel address this? Like as Christians, like how should we engage in these conversations? Because I, I truly believe when, when men do walk in their God-given purpose, you know, our communities thrive, our families thrive, our neighborhoods thrive, our churches thrive, everything around us thrives when, when men are walking in the purpose that, that God has for them. So how do we address this conversation? Like how do we as a yeah, church? To me, th- this is what I would argue. And, and this is, I can't prove this in the Bible. <laughs> some things are are were such rudimentary principles i feel as though scripture didn't emphasize it enough mm. i think every society knew that the foundation and the backbone are the guys mm. raising them up building them up i think it was just a prim- it was just so rudimentary information yeah and not saying that scripture doesn't give us basic information i just think it's just like there are certain things that scripture hasn't emphasized enough Mm. I truly believe as believers, helping men is of first importance. Yeah. A first. Yeah. This is why, like I said, I'm not saying this is right. I'm praying through a lot of this stuff. I don't, I, I can't rock with a lot of churches mm. because I, it's, it's kind of like to me, teaching bad doctrine, this is me, is equivalent to not helping men. Mm. Yes, you're right. It's like you're asking me to go to a church that teaches bad doc- doctrine that doesn't want to change. Mm. It's I, it's hard for me to sit here. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm freaking Martin Luther. I'm just saying it's hard for me to sit here. Yeah, so I truly believe as believers, like that is the call to establish strong men in the foundation. How in the world is the Western church predominantly female? Mm. 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 All the other world religions, Judaism and Islam is not, and Christianity, Christianity is the only predominantly female religion. Why is that so? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Why is that so? Why is it so? And so to me, it's just something where I just, I just see, man, this is, this is one of the biggest failures of the church, in my opinion, one of the biggest failures. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. I feel that, you know, I I think, and and that's why I started off this interview saying, you know, I think this is why a lot of men I know or have conversations with turn to communities like the Red Pill community or turn to the Manosphere community because there is a space where they feel heard, where they feel acknowledged, or at the very least, they're being encouraged to step up. They're being encouraged to get their money right. They're encouraged to smell right and have their fashion game on point. Like there's at the very, it might not all be right. It might not all be gospel truth. Like you said, we've got to, there's things that we've got to redeem and there's things we just got to reject with the things that we receive. But I feel like there's spaces outside the churches 
that are engaging men in a way that they feel heard and seen and uplifted and challenged or what have you. Um, 100%. Yeah. So let, let me, you know, I feel like we could be here all day, man. I just, as you're answering, I've got so many follow-up questions, but want to respect your time. Uh, what would be your challenge if you could uh, to, to men? Um, and then secondly, I'll ask, what, what would your challenge be to churches in helping men? Yeah, I think the churches is is similar to what I was dealing with and about like a couple of years ago with churches who are like, what will be your advice to churches who don't teach to a diverse group of people? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do you, what are your advice to homogenous churches that are in non homogenous communities? I want to make that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My number one piece of advice is, do you really care? Mm-hmm. Like when you care about things, things will change. Yeah. Churches care. They care about abortion. You best believe they care about abortion. Yeah. Yeah. You see the way they, they get money. You see yeah. that the way they, they act. You see that the way they, they get emotional about it. Mm-hmm. They, they care. They care about any slavery in freaking in the Philippines. Yeah. You see the way they act. You see the way they talk. You see the way they spend money on it. Yeah. When you care, you move. Yeah. So yeah. my biggest thing is, do you care? Yeah. Yeah. Ask yourself that question. Do you really care? Yeah. And if no, why not? Yeah. I can't make you care. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you do it and you don't care, we all know what it's going to be. Yeah. Half but effort. Yeah. 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 And so the very first thing for churches is that, do you really, because I, I remember a couple of years ago, we brought in this pastor from one of the largest churches in Houston. Yeah. Um, one of the largest black churches in the, in the country. And I said, do you know that the black church is predominantly female, including your own? You know what he told me? Mm. I never noticed that. Mm-hmm. His church is seventy five percent women. Wow. Yeah, he didn't notice that it was majority. There's no guys there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did like when I. It blows my mind how so many people don't know the church is majority female, mm-hmm. and 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 synagogues and mosques don't have these problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do how is no one noticing it? Yeah, yeah. When you go when I go to the club and it's a sausage fest, I know there's a lot of guys here. <laughs> When, when people go to colleges and say there's all white people here, there's no black people here. You notice when there's a disparity of somebody here. Yeah, yeah. How could you guys notice there's no guys there? Yeah, yeah. I we don't care. Yeah. Um, and my biggest thing for men is that you know, find tools and resources to help you become the best version of yourself, to help you become the man that God created you to be. Yeah. At the roommates, we have a ton of them. Um, almost all of them are free and some of them are paid and we give you step-by-step guides to become the man that God created you to be. There's so many amazing books, Mm -hmm. you know, that I've read such as the way to superior man, such as 12 rules for life by Jordan B. Peterson, just such as Norman Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover. You know, there's a lot of um, great books and resources, but you as a guy, as a man have to find them Mm. and, and apply them. Yeah. Yeah. If you're watching this video, go to um, my channel, go to the roommates. You yeah. have an endless catalog of resources. Yeah. Now you have to apply it. Yeah. And so I talked about it in a previous video. There was a time in a day where men struggled because they had no information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going back to the guy, the guy, if you want to build a house, all he had was sand and a shovel. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I've given everything, mm-hmm. every tool, Every resource I've given you, the I've given you the construction crew. 
I've given you the cement. I've given you the bricks. I've given you the blueprint. I've given you everything. Now what is required for you is the application. Right, right. Application. Yeah, yeah. The tangible application. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a, a great manhood series. I believe it's called a 33 series for Christian men. And there's another one that's even better, but I always forget the name of this manhood series. Um, and there's, there's things out there. Yeah. You have to apply it. You yeah. have to apply the information. That's good, man. So powerful. I, I really appreciate your time. I wish we had more time to engage with a lot of the things that you brought up. But uh, where can they- What find time you? is it right now? Where I'm at? Yeah. It's, it's five o'clock. I can go, we can go like 10 more minutes. What else you got? More minutes? Dope. All right. I just kind of wanted to engage because I'm thinking, man, if women are listening to this, they're probably thinking, are you against women? Um, or are you just, you know, and so especially in the church, um, when you hear language um, like this, when you're encouraging men, or even when you bring up percentages where it's like, oh, it's predominantly women here at the church. The response is, well, are, are we just trying to even out the playing field or is that a problem? Like sometimes people under, don't understand that healthy men mean healthy communities. And so maybe, you know, one of the things I would have wanted to ask is why is it important to have men in the churches? Why is it important for men yeah. to be pursued? Why is it important for men yeah. to be equipped? Like it's not we're not this, this against true. women. We're, we're pro women in wanting men to step up but like what what does that mean you know this is really good so i'm gonna I'm try to i'm gonna go in a rabbit i'm gonna try to go everywhere but i promise i'll bring it full circle okay let's do it in your opinion from you from what you know do you think there's more men on this planet or women on this planet there's more men right if i'm not mistaken yeah so yeah. most people don't know this mm-hmm. there's more men than women on this planet there's 101 men to 100 women on this planet yeah right um, and, and when it comes to births, the World Health Organization shares that for every 100 females born on this planet, there's 105 males born on this planet. Mm. There's more males than females. United States and some Western worlds are different. Yeah, I want to make that clear. There are differences. But nature creates more males than females. Mm. What happens is, unfortunately, um, especially the United States and places like that, men die off. Yeah. Wars, diseases, killing each other, especially in the black community, men die off. Yeah. It's more males than females. So to me, when I'm saying that in the world, if there's this, there, there should always be more, if it's equal distribution, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it should always be more males than females. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, the, if the church is a worldwide family, yeah. And the world is majority male. I expect church to be majority males. Yeah. So to me, the reason why it's a problem mm. and some of their estimates of like 58%, 60% in the black communities, anywhere between 70 to 80%. Here's one of the biggest reasons why it's a problem. Yeah. Ladies, when you're trying to marry somebody, where are the Christian guys at? <laughs> in the clubs. <laughs> yeah. Not where are the Christian the- guys at? Yeah. The honest truth is they're not, they're not, they're nowhere to be found. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's make it very selfish for the women. If there's no men in the church, all the women who want a godly husband, where are they going to find them at? Mm, that's real. That's if you're going to a church of 70% female, 70% females, 
And the smallest demographic in the Western church is men between the age of 18 to 35. That is the typical marriage age. Mm -hmm. The least likely group, least likely group of people are marriage age men in the Western church or mm -hmm. church in general. Mm -hmm. So when women want to get married, who are they going to marry? Right, right. All your, all these beautiful, strong daughters everyone's raising, who, who are they going to marry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's real. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, you, that's why it's important to be able to have healthy families. We need strong men and strong women. Yeah. If we're saying there's not a lot of strong men, then obviously we have to help the men. It's not like I said, we're, we're never talking about diminishing women. Mm. We're simply talking about helping lifting up men. Yeah. I love that. In light of that, a lot of the times there is complaints where, it's like, okay, I don't want any, you know, even the men that are present, they're not looked at, you know, and I've heard you talk about this in different interviews and things of that nature. It's like, okay, even the Christian men that are available, they're not up to par. And so they'll rather go and bring somebody from the world and try to get them saved than date and engage Christian men. And I, and I get it. I think a lot of Christian men can be corny too. And they don't think about a lot of things that they should be thinking about. But speak to that a little bit, like, you know, I, th I think it was an interview you had with Ruslan, but men kind of, you know, we were late bloomers in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. Part of it is because we're not, we're not raised. Part of it is because the church is not investing in us. We're not being discipled. So for whatever reason, we're late bloomers. And so we, we don't have a lot to offer right off the bat. And so can you speak to that a little bit even, you know, no, that's, that's, that's really good. Marriage. Yeah. So going back to that. To the hype, the hypergamy example that I gave. Yeah. Um, when women want somebody equal to or greater than them. Yeah. See, the problem is it goes back to how do you view yourself? And and like I said, this is this is this can go really bad or can go really good. I'm gonna try to make this go really good. All right. Let's do it. If if you if most women, most women view like the average woman today is a rock star. That is a when I talk to most women, they view the average woman today is a rock star. She's killing it. She's doing A, she's doing B, she's doing C. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She's great. Like I said, so she views herself as an A. Yeah. Equally yoked. Yeah. I want someone else who's an A. Yeah. And we have to be honest. Mm. Though they're Christian women, they're they're still women. And mm. they have normal sexual desires like women. And so the challenge is. The guys in the world are going to be more attractive mm. because a lot of times the guys in the world are more masculine. Mm. One of the fundamental flaws of Christian teachings, especially amongst men, is they focus on simply them being the lamb of God. Mm. While Jesus was the lamb of God, he was also the lion of Judah. Mm. He mm. was both. Yeah, yeah. No, like, like honestly, Jesus is. Yeah. If he's anything, the last thing he is is your friend. <laughs> I understand that he. I understand. Yeah, he's my. If trust me, if if God is anything, yeah, God is not your best your best friend. Mm -hmm. He is your Lord. Yeah, he is the most powerful being on this freaking universe yeah 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 no one is no one can even be close to him nobody no. he has no peers no none whatsoever yeah greatness 
people worshiping angels, power, wants to destroy the planet, flick of the finger, everything gone. Yeah. Be gone. Yeah. That's Jesus. Mm. Power, strength, yeah. might. Yeah. But the church don't teach that. Mm. Very feminine, very effeminized style of Christianity. And I'm not, remember, I'm not going to the other extreme and yeah. saying he's all lying. I'm saying he's both. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when churches simply focus on Christ being the lamb and teaching, think about it. So many men grew up in the church. Be nice. Mm. Be kind. No, mm. no, no, no. I'm telling you, in my family is be strong. Joshua mm. 1, 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. Yeah. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be strong. Yeah, I yeah. don't really like this. Yeah, I, I, I could, if I was to guess, yeah. there's probably more commands about being strong than being sweet. <laughs> but the whole thing is, oh, look at my son. He's such a sweet boy, so well behaved. That's yeah. a good boy. Yeah. No, I want my son to be strong men, not good boys. Yeah. And so, yeah. unfortunately, what happens in the church is when you create these, in all honest, very weak, flimsy men, they're just not desirable. Mm. On a on a on a sheer biological perspective, oh, not desirable, yeah. and the men of the world are. Yeah, and yeah. so that's why you see going back to the problem. There's no guys in the church, and then the men in the world are more desirable. What ends up happening? A lot of women have children and marry guys who are not believers, who are not serious about their faith, and now these women have sons that they have to drag to church while daddy gets to stay at home and watch football on Sundays. And then you wonder why that son at 18 stops going to church. Wow. Or he becomes a good mama's boy who listens to everything that mommy says in spite of what daddy's doing. And he's totally obedient and submissive to her. And you wonder why he can't lead a woman in the future. Mm. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's all these things have consequences and all these things have effects. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I mean, they say nice guys finish last. And it's a it's a true statement, you know. What I mean? This like, wasn't nice. I want people to because, like, when I use the word niceness and kindness, are two different things. Nice. Let me tell you something that's what a nice guy will do. A nice guy, nice is doing and saying things that make people happy. Mm. Kind person is doing and saying things that make people holy. Mm. Okay, so let, let me explain the difference. Yes. If, if you were if you were a nice guy and you were living in the 1960s and you were around your friends and you're like, man, them niggers don't need to go to our schools. Mm. Everyone's saying, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, them blacks don't need to, they need to stay in their schools. If you're nice, want to make everybody happy. What do you do? You say what they're saying. Yeah, yeah man, you're right. Oh, blacks don't need to go here. That's being a nice guy. Be mm. agreeable. Mm. No, mm. be nice. Yeah. Be agreeable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Or, or don't say anything at all. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna say hey, you're funny, man. That's crazy. <laughs> kind, what yeah. makes them holy? Hey, hey guys, first you shouldn't be calling them that. And second, you know, what's wrong with them going to our schools? Yeah. Kind, strong. Yeah. Christ was Christ was Christ was kind. Yeah. Doesn't always do what makes people happy, it's always please people. Mm, mm, mm. And so to me, I think like that's why nice guys struggle. Yeah, because yeah. you're you're you don't really have a backbone. Mm. I, I, let me see if I can find it. Sometimes I can really find it. 
most of the times I can never find this. It's in John, John chapter nine. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah. Sometimes I can find this stuff when I just let the spirit think about it. Yeah, I don't think I can find it. But there is a, a man, I hate it when I can't. One second, I'm gonna try one more thing. Cool, cool, cool. I found it. Hey, look at so, that. So um in John 12, this is really powerful. Mm. John 12, Jesus is giving a speaking speech in synagogues. John 12, verses 42 through 43. Here's what it says. Mm. It says, nevertheless. Many, even of the Pharisees, I mean, sorry, many of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it mm. so that they would not be put out of the synagogues. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Mm. They were so, there are people in high places who yeah. believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Yeah. But they were afraid of saying it because they didn't want the Pharisees to be upset with them, so they couldn't go to the synagogues. Yeah, yeah. So that, so that's what a nice guy does. Mm. A nice guy is a people pleaser. Wow. And you're, uh, if, I, if I call him son of God, I won't be in the, I'm able to sit in the front row. Like I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah. No. Yeah. Kind yeah. is strong. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, and and in the church, we don't teach that. Bro, that's so fire right there. <laughs> that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. I, you know, I, I wonder, you know, for me, I'm, I'm just going to be honest about myself. I, 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 I can see myself in that, you know, my whole life, I think I've strived to be a nice guy. Um, and at times nice meant compromising my real thoughts, nice meant compromising what I really felt or nice meant compromising what I, what I think should be done or, or what have you, but nice is not a fruit of the spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that doesn't come from God, you know? Uh, and so, you know, they, they also say, too, there's two types of men that don't have trouble, you know, finding love, the bad guys and the funny guys. You know what I'm saying? Those are the two guys that always and we're not promoting bad men or anything like that. But there, there is something to be said about men who know how to put their foot down to know when they know what they want, when they're able to lead with excellence, when they're able to lead well. Um, and, and, and you have to ask yourself the question. Why do it's, it's like I said, simple, simple argument, simple statement. Women like bad boys, simple, complex. Why do they like bad boys? Mm. What, is it they like people who smack them in their faces? Do mm. you like people who call them out their names? No, what you realize is there's certain things that mm. these guys who are labeled bad boys exhibit that makes them attractive. Mm. And one of the key things is boundaries, mm. putting their foot down. Mm -hmm. is attractive yeah somebody who is not pushed around mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is attractive yeah so yeah. going back to that i just want to talk about that briefly like sometimes when people use that word bad boys i'm like what is it about him yeah that's desirable and a lot of times not because he's bad but sometimes him being bad he also has these other attributes as well yeah he's just not a pushover yeah pushover that's so good. Uh, what do you like for, let's say there's somebody that's tuning in right now. They're maybe, you know, whatever age they are, just a young man and they're coming across this content. This is new information for them. What would be a great next step? And we'll, we'll leave on this end. I know I kept you five more minutes than we had planned, but what would, what would you be, 
be your encouragement for them that's tuning in and they want to know what's next. So if it, my advice is I have a, um, a course called 10 Steps to Healthy Manhood Course. Yeah. Um, it is a fantastic course. I, I, I was really intentional about creating a life for men. Um, and I'm very intentional about establishing um, all the resources necessary for men to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. So I've added to that course my also my masculinity course, which yeah. is talking about all the skills that men need yeah. to be successful. So mm -hmm. um, on uh, go to roommatesshop.com or roommateslevelup.com or, or roommateshtx.com and even on one of our websites, you can purchase that course. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that I truly, I believe in that. Like I'm, I, I, people sell things, but I believe in that because I'm always talking to guys, always thinking about what do they need? Right. And I put everything that I know from the wisdom that I've got, God's given me into that. If you're somebody who's like, you know, I don't have any money right now. Uh, um, on the roommates channel, I have a playlist called um, Manhood 101. Mm. And in that playlist, I sat down and I talked to countless of men, from all different walks of life, believers, non-believers, millionaires, you know, a lot of them are rich. <laughs> so there's not a lot of broke guys, but very successful men. And I, and I would ask them like similar questions over and over again. If you were advising young guys in their 20s, what steps would you give them? And these guys give so many gems. So you have the paid version, which is the manhood course. I believe in it. It's, it's a, a gem. And also, you go, on, you go to our YouTube channel. We have a manhood one-on-one -on -one playlist, hundreds upon hundreds of, of, if not thousands of hours of free content available so you can continue to build yourself up to the man that God created you to be. So good, bro. Uh, I'll put the links in my bio, in, the, in the bio section for this episode too. So, bro, thank you so much for your time, no for your wisdom. This is this is good. There's some things I'm gonna chew on as well after we get off this con. So, yeah, man. God bless you. Love what you're doing with the roommates. Uh, pray that you get more views, uh, more subscribers, man. We're praying that you guys blow up even more. You guys got an incredible message, and I feel like the Lord is using you guys profoundly. Um, thank you so, so much. Thank you, y'all. And for those who are tuning in, thank you guys for joining us. Until next time, family, uh, peace and grace.